today on Doomed. The latest in right-wing conspiracies, right-wing drama, and all the most fun stuff that you all love about this show, Doomed with Matt Binder. That's today, ladies and gentlemen, and my guest to join us uh, to talk about all these fabulous right-wing conspiracies from QAnon to uh, the latest right-wing feuds between different right-wing personalities. And then the, we got we got the right-wing uh, Roe v. Wade movie that's coming out that's causing all sorts of uh, fun stuff. Joining us to talk about that is perhaps uh, my favorite guest to talk oh. about this type of stuff. The one and only, here he comes, the Daily Beasts. That's right, he's with the Daily Beast now. Will Summer. Will, thank you so much for joining us today. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on, and hi to the folks watching at home. Now, Will, uh, you also uh, run a great newsletter, uh, the Right Richter newsletter that follows these conspiracies, but it was on pause ever since you've been with Daily Beast, and you've just informed me before the show that it is coming back full throttle. It's, it's coming back, yes, absolutely. You know, I've been kind of getting acclimated at work, and, you know, we're kind of porting it over to their systems and everything, but... People should sign up at rightrector.com. It'll be back shortly, and you know all the kind of stuff you've been you've been used to will be back. Awesome! I, I'm looking forward to it because that newsletter was a I'm going to say is still because it's coming back a must read for me. Well, that's great to hear. Uh, so let's get started here. Actually, let me just uh, right up top let everybody know that if I cough a lot during this show, I truly apologize. I have placed a uh, cough drop in my mouth. So if I sound like I've been punched in the mouth recently, it might be because of that. Uh, so far, so good, though. Uh, so, Will, I wanted to bring you on here to talk about a number of conspiracies. In fact, you really should be coming on this show more often. The last time you were on was, I think, what, either late January, early February? It was a while ago. It was one of the earliest episodes of Doomed, maybe even like the third episode. And, uh, you know... This is really what this show has become. I mean, we talk about other things depending on what's going on, but most of our listeners come here uh, to listen to me talk about right-wing conspiracy. Those are their favorite shows from what I can tell by the numbers. So this show is going to be another hit, I can assure you all. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll see. It's good to hear. <laughs> so, Will, let's get started. Uh, something happened today with Facebook, but I want to start with why I brought you on the show, and that's because recently... You had a run-in while doing a story, and you became part of the story. Yes, yes, despite my best efforts, unfortunately. So yeah. people might have seen this online. Uh, your uh, colleague over at the Daily Beast, uh, who was it again who first reported on the Roe v. Wade movie? Oh, uh, Mar Marlo Stern, our uh, entertainment editor. Right, so he broke this news about this insane Roe v. Wade movie, this indie film that has all these... Uh, Z-list celebrities, and uh, actually, I would say, like, B to C-list conservative stars. Uh, can, yeah. you, can you run down the, 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 the gist of what this movie is? Yeah, absolutely. So this movie is, you know, according to its script, sort of a very gruesome take on abortion and specifically the Roe v. Wade ruling. Uh, it's being, it's kind of the brainchild of this kind of banking heir named Nick Loeb, who 
is previously famous for being in a lawsuit with uh, Sofia Vergara, his uh, former fiance, over some frozen embryos of theirs. And so this Whoa, whoa, appear- wait, wait. That's that guy? Yeah. I had no clue. So that appears to be sort of what is motivating this kind of like pro-life <laughs> thing. And so, yeah. So... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're making me choke now. <laughs> so he's made this movie and it's sort of like... But but it it's not like according to the script, you know, we don't know what the movie's going to end up looking like. But according to the script, with Mar- which Marlo got, it's a like sort of a very kind of like you know those like like a very like let's show like buckets of like cut up fetuses type of movie. And so this has been like they were kind of reportedly like hi- kind of hiding the details from people. Supposedly Kevin Sorbo and uh, for uh, Her- Hercules, of course, and uh, Stephen Baldwin, who are both kind of like leading lights of conservative cinema. Uh, they quit over the script. So to give you an idea of like how crazy the script supposedly is, uh, you know, the director quit. All these crew members have been quitting. Uh, but nevertheless, they soldier on. And, uh, you know, they lost some inve- they lost at least one investor. Uh, and so they came to D.C. And, you know, I was curious about, uh, you know, whether there were going to be protests or what have you. Like supposedly the shooting was very troubled. So they were shooting at the Lincoln Memorial public property. And uh, I'm sitting there and uh, with some tourists, I'm not, you know, in anyone's shot or anything. And this intern from the production keeps kind of like hassling me. And he comes over and he says, hey, you know, he pretends to be a tourist, wants me to take his picture, apparently an attempt to distract me. And then whatever, he goes away. And then I'm just watching the production. And uh, this fellow comes and steals my notebook and starts making a run for it. And I follow him down the steps and, uh, you know, he keeps kind of, he starts acting like I'm harassing him, why I might want my property back, you know, who could understand. Uh, and then finally a park police officer intervenes and sort of says, eh. and this guy at one point kind of crumples up my notes and kind of t- tries to hide them. And the guy lies to the cop, whatever. Someone on the staff or the crew clearly put this intern up to this. Park police don't do shit. You know, excuse my, excuse right. my friend. But uh, they, you know, they let him except go. Except for except for the one who runs the uh, resistance park police account, I'm sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And so, you know, this whole thing, they confirm this guy's in their crew. They essentially say, "Well, you know, we feel bad. Why don't you interview Corbin Burnson of uh, Major League, who's in this crew? Nice guy." But uh, that was kind of my run-in. They instantly release. I guess this guy was recording this whole thing. There's seven seconds of me, you know, kind of swearing at this guy. He's up in my face. I'm trying to get my notebook back. Uh, but, you know, it, it, it's kind of a whole saga I wasn't looking for. Uh, and then since then, the, this crew and this Nick Loeb fellow has been lying pretty relentlessly about the whole situation. But, but as far as the productions on the, the, the issues with this production, I would say I'm about number 100 on the list of their, uh, their top concerns. <laughs> Can you uh, run down... Uh, what maybe the uh, one number one to three concerns would be? <laughs> well, sure. So, uh, yeah, I mean, so, you know, the like, the, you know, there's this issue with the investors and, you know, people potentially pulling out of either reportedly as uh, investors or actors or crew members. At this point, I think, you know, it's all been reported. I don't think anyone else is going to pull out. Um, but, yeah, so supposedly this features like there's scenes of just like buckets of baby fetuses. And- nice choice of words, by the way, for this movie. Well, <laughs> So it's it you know it's a it's a whole thing. I, I'm certainly looking forward to seeing the movie. Uh, it you know it, it, it you know I'm a big fan of conservative cinema. Uh, Dinesh D'Souza, of course, has a movie coming out next month, and uh, it's 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 a whole thing. So so it, it it should be interesting to see how it plays out. Now, who are some of these conservative uh, all stars that are uh, that have uh, jumped into this movie? Sure. So you have a lot of people who 
like are just kind of like actors who are no longer at the top of their career. So you have like Steve Gutenberg and um, and Corbin Bernstein in this case. Uh, and then you have like much more people who are not really known as actors. So like Tommy Lauren is reportedly in it and uh, Milo Yiannopoulos and Roger Stone. So, uh, and, and supposedly, like, their, their presence was kind of covered up and kind of kept from much of the rest of the crew. So it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how, how they figure into the movie. Apparently Milo plays this, um, uh, this kind of, like, this doctor with a weird giggle, as he's described, like an abortion doctor. And he's just like, you Yanks need to do more abortions. <laughs> so so it, should be, it should be something to see. It's a very accurate portrayal, obviously, of abortion <laughs> doctors. That's what they do. Rigorously historical, yes. Yeah, they try. They try to get the repeat visits on that first, uh, that first customer basis. You know, like they come in and try to get them to come back through the door next time. You know. <laughs> yeah. So, so it, 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 you know, it's uh, it's something to look forward to for twenty nineteen. So let's talk about. Uh, I almost feel feel bad moving on from this uh, Roe v. Wade movie, but we have a lot to talk about actually. Sure, sure. Uh, so let's quickly talk and touch upon. Uh, this Facebook story, uh, the Facebook hearings, I've actually yet to talk about it on this show. Just, you know, a lot of things going on, and there's only one episode of this show a week so far. Um, so let's just quickly cover uh, what's going on with these Facebook hearings uh, in in Congress right now. Sure. So there was a big hearing today with the House Judiciary Committee. They had representatives from YouTube, uh, Facebook, and Twitter. And this was essentially called by the Republicans on the committee to find out about supposed bias against conservatives. And so, you know, they're, they're asking these questions, and it's really kind of all over the map. Like, the Democrats are asking, you know, like, what about Russia? What about InfoWars? And people on the right are asking about, like, very kind of specific pet issues, many of which are not really true. So, like, there, there's a lot of questions about uh, Diamond and Silk. Uh, who are kind of a famously pro-Trump uh, African-American duo who have claimed that Facebook is, you know, hiding them on the side or won't promote them. Uh, you know, they had their own hearing uh, earlier this year, so it's not the first time. Um, representative, uh, I forget which representative, uh, but asked, uh, a Republican asked why Diamond and Silk, oh, Steve King, uh, excuse me, asked why the Gateway Pundit, uh, which is, of course, this famous hoax site, why the Gateway Pundit isn't doing better on Facebook, which, you know. Yeah, cool. Let's just... How insane is it that, you know, they think that Facebook's somehow responsible for these conservative websites to get traffic? Yeah, I mean, they're basically claiming that, like, you know, they're getting downvoted, you know, not downvoted, that they're getting hidden because they're poor quality content. And, like, frankly, yeah, the Gateway Pundit, you know, is being sued for, like, IDing the wrong people as the Charlottesville drivers. Like, they're they're being sued by, like, Seth Rich's, like, you know, uh, it, 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 you know, it's a whole... I'm actually not sure about that, the Seth Rich thing. I'll, maybe I'll backtrack on that. He, but. I mean, Seth Rich's family is going after Fox News. So they, yes, they, exactly. They are, they are going after somebody for, uh, you know, I guess if, if you got to file a lawsuit and your choices are against Fox News and Gateway Pundit, uh, you, pro <laughs> you probably got more to win uh, running up against the uh, Rupert Murdoch-owned entity. Yes, exactly. I mean, so so it's a lot of sort of like people getting mad that, you know, they're being down downgraded as like not either not tr trustworthy sites or like low quality sites. And it's like, well, you know, I get, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Like, uh, so, so yeah, there's, there's a lot of that. And then there was a lot of like kind of concern about various hoaxes, like Google's covering up information about Jesus or Chick-fil-A, stuff like that. Is that true? Is Google trying to hide Jesus? I, 
I have no idea. You know, this is a big thing on, on the right is like typing in like really specific weird phrases and then being mad about what Google says about it. So like a big thing like with the all right is typing in something like European personhood and then it'll be like a picture of a black person. They'll be like, what? <laughs> you know, it's just like they play these like weird semantic games with search terms. So I, uh, I typed in, uh, you know, white, white nationalism. And I got Black Lives Matter somehow. <laughs> it's like, you know, but the, the thing is, like, they really do think Republicans and conservatives, not just I'm not just talking about Republican congressmen. They really do think there's some sort of bias against conservative media. And listen, Facebook definitely has a problem, like, hiding people's shit. But, like, it's something they do, like, to everything. It's not like they're going, they're like, someone's sitting there going, like, Oh, we don't like this conservative website. Hide. No, like the algorithm has severe issues that hides content. Based Basically, the algorithm works where it shows content based on reach. And reach is defined by them um, by, you know, your, your post on your page gets shown to whatever many people who follow your pages in their newsfeed based on... Uh, the interactions it receives within a certain amount of time, and that includes likes and then all the other little emoticons you could do now, uh, the comments, the share button, and then it's all relative in proportion to how many likes you actually have. And the algorithm, obviously, all, with all these things taken into account, is going to fuck up. Yeah, I mean, it, 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 as you mentioned, it's like incredibly complicated, and then, you know, the, the secret sauce is constantly changing. And yet it's much easier for, you know, if you're Diamond and Silk or whoever and you want to get on Fox News and say, you know, Facebook is discriminating against conservatives, that's that's a much easier sell to make. But then on top of that, I've seen a report where someone actually uh, – I'm, I'm not sure if this was like, you know, just like some, uh, you know, independent report by just some, you know, some indie reporter. If this was something on a bigger scale, I saw this like a month or two ago when Diamond and Silk did have their their own personal Diamond and Silk hearing. Um that uh, someone looked comparatively at the likes on a page from 2016 on. And most conservative pages have actually shown steady growth where liberal pages, and I'm not saying there's some conspiracy here, I'm just saying this is just the facts. uh, uh, Liberal-oriented, left-leaning pages have actually found themselves stagnant or losing likes. Now, I'm not saying Facebook's involved with that or anything. Perhaps conservatives, uh, their distrust for the mainstream media is causing them to find these weird pockets on Facebook that that tell the real news. Mm -hmm. Uh, But that's just the facts. Yeah, I mean, I I think there's a lot of, uh, especially in the the right wing media, which we've seen both, uh, you know, in terms of their approach to social networks and their approach to the the press is uh, is sort of working the refs. And so if you're just constantly like complaining about how you're being treated, then, uh, you know, the, the people are going to relent and they'll start giving you special consideration. And so an example of this would be, I believe Facebook has hired a former Republican senator to sort of teach them how to deal with Republicans and how to, you know, take the Republican point of view and, and, into account. And so this is not really something they're offering. They're not hiring, uh, you know, Barney Frank or whoever to, to do the same for the left. So, uh, yeah, I mean, that's exactly how that's playing out. So let's let's move on and talk about, um, excuse me. This latest news that came out this week that really ties in with so many conspiracy theories that have just literally filled the internet. You don't even have to, I don't even think you have to be, you know, in the 
political bubble here to to have found to have stumbled upon some of these. And that's this news that came out where the Department of Justice has indicted 12 Russian intelligence officials uh, for that. We now have officially who the the Justice Department is blaming um, based on evidence. Uh, allegedly, these are the guys who hacked the DNC servers during the 2016 election. And while this is big news in and of itself, in the right-wing conspiracy world, this should be debunking uh, one to a hundred different conspiracy <laughs> theories related, related to who really hacked the DNC server. And yeah. we, we mentioned it before, so let's, let's start with, with him first. And that's Seth Rich. Now, for people who don't know who Seth Rich is... Uh, you probably haven't listened to this podcast before, but Will is going to be kind enough to uh, get you up to speed. <laughs> sure, absolutely. Uh, yeah, so Seth Rich was a, uh, a DNC staffer in his 20s who was murdered in uh, in the summer of 2016 and in what is currently unsolved, an unsolved murder in D.C., but police believe it's a botched robbery. So a couple weeks after his murder, WikiLeaks starts releasing the Democratic emails. And pretty soon after that, the hoax news website starts saying, well, you know, maybe he was the leaker and maybe Hillary Clinton murdered him. And so this kind of bubbles along, but then it becomes much more critical after Trump wins the election and Republicans need a reason to say that it wasn't Russian, Russian hackers, that it was actually like an Edward Snowden type who leaked it and then was murdered for whatever. Uh, and so, so this has been a thing we've seen going on for a while. Uh, earlier this year, uh, the uh, Fox News ran a story uh, you know, it's kind of teamed up with their local Fox station. They ran this story, like really like some specious kind of like roundabout, like someone heard it from someone else who heard it from, you know, and they claimed that, you know, it really was true. And and Julian Assange has been very vague about this, like, you know, because he doesn't want to make it clear that he got this information from Russia. But so now these indict indictments basically should be the final nail in the coffin of this. But that does not. <laughs> yeah. Well, oh, yeah. Excuse me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I mean, so yeah, like, you know, you would think this would be the last of it, but I mean, that's obviously not how conspiracies work. Did you see Kim.com's tweet that he uh, sent out that day that the uh, indictments were announced? Uh, no, what is so basically, uh, a, a while ago, Kim.com was teasing that he had evidence that uh, proves that Seth Rich was the DNC email leaker to WikiLeaks. And he basically used this information to tease... Like, 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 like he was like, you know, rolling out the next M. Night Shyamalan movie or something, teasing uh, on his website that he was going to release this stuff. Basically, what he was also doing at the same time was like uh, uh, advertising his new uh, media, his new like tech startup, because yes. that's what he does. But on the day of the indictments, he tweeted out how good thing his uh, his counsel convinced him not to release that evidence now that he sees just how much it would have been believed and then what what the blowback on him would have been. So he's saying he still has the evidence that proves that Seth Rich was the DNC leaker, but he's never going to release it now because we see that it would just be, uh, I guess, uh, he, he would just get, I don't know, rolled over about it or something like that. I mean, that. Th this, is, this is kind of a pattern you see with a lot of this stuff is that like, like when James O'Keefe is like, oh, like, get ready, folks, I got a big video. And the video comes out and you're like, yeah. And he's like, wait, this is part of a series. 
stay tuned. Uh, but yeah, I mean, the Seth Rich stuff has really attracted a lot of hucksters from sort of the international millionaire variety like Kim.com uh, to Sean Hannity and, uh, you know, a lot of like local level DC people who are kind of trying to keep their names in the news. Uh, last week was the uh, second anniversary of the murder. And so there was this big press conference and they claimed they had a deep state source who's going to say the government did it. And then, you know, the guy is just a guy on a speakerphone and they have no proof. I mean, it could have been, you know, anybody. And uh, yeah, it was a big failure. So, uh, you know, obviously the, the family's involved in a lot of lawsuits against the people who've been promoting this. Uh, it's, you know, it's a, it's a huge mess and somehow it keeps going. I mean, it's the perfect cover because, you know, if you're Julian Assange and you, you know, a little bit off track. Listen, I've never thought Julian Assange was a good guy. Uh, but one thing you could always say about WikiLeaks was when they put something out there, uh, there was nothing fake about it. They would put out exactly what they received, uh, regardless of what you what what you think their bias was, and regardless of what their bias actually was, the what they were putting out was legit, and they would receive it just like any other news organization. Someone with this information. Wanted to be wanted to blow the whistle on what they had discovered, and they felt WikiLeaks would give them the proper cover. Um, no, regardless, again, at the same time of Julian Assange being a piece of shit, uh, they've completely blew any sort of to me at least, and I think to many others who felt similarly about them, blew whatever sort of uh, I don't know gravitas they had. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, certainly we've seen this with this Russia stuff. I mean, some of these emails were edited that he posted and, and so on. Yeah. Now, now, if you're Julian Assange and you're trying to hide the fact that you know who you got this from, uh, who better to pin the blame on it than someone who's dead and can't defend themselves? Yeah, exactly. And one really interesting thing to me was there was always this this mystery entity that even to me sort of you know, I had my feelings about, you know, what really was going on with this particular account uh, or person or persons behind it. Uh, but to me, they were, and to many others, I feel like they were like the the one thing that, that, that was the, the wrench in the story. And that was the Guccifer account. Mm -hmm. this, this hacker who had previously put out material... Uh, or at least someone going by the name Guccifer had previously put out material, had hacked before, was, was if, if I recall correctly, the original Guccifer, now whether this was the same person or not, was the person who, or persons who took responsibility for, was it like the Sony hacks or something like that? It was a non-political hack, I remember. Mm -hmm. I don't want to say the Sony hacks. Let me take that back just in case. But it was, this was Guccifer 2.0. This guy was going out as... as as the guy who did the DNC hack. Um, so with that name and with this Guccifer account out there saying they were the ones responsible for it, you know, it had to be looked into. And Roger Stone claimed this was the person who got him the information regarding when the DNC leaks were going to be were put out there and all this other insider stuff that Roger Stone had besides the fact that I don't think he ever had the actual documents in advance. I think he just knew when they were going to be released and other details like that. Um, well, it turns out, according to the Justice Department and the Mueller investigation, that Guccifer was one of these 12 Russian uh, intelligence analysts. 
And I think Daily Beast was it put out a report a couple of months ago, where uh, was it uh, Ackerman who who uncovered using like a because they were using uh, like virtual private servers purchased with Bitcoin to basically hide their IPs, which would hide their identity. And at some point along the line, they fucked up, and someone discovered, and I'm pretty sure Daily Beast was the one who who first reported it. That the IPs that Guccifer was using uh, went back to these Russian intelligence officers. Yeah, I mean, I I, I can't speak to, to who reported it. Daily Beast National Security reporting, very good. Check it out. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, absolutely. And this is all kind of being borne out now by the uh, by the indictments. Uh, you know, it's. Uh, but, but again, I mean, you know, this none of this really is, is having an effect sort of in right-wing conspiracy world. You know, it, it kind of, if anything, it becomes further proof that Mueller and the deep state are trying to cover something up. Right, right, right. You know, you don't have to know everything, Will. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it really is fascinating to see literally all these, you know, and again, it's all alleged, but they clearly know more than uh, right-wing uh, conspiracy theorist number uh, 352, who knows nothing. Well, and- there's, yeah, there's a very, like, interesting culture of, like, as we've seen with a lot of things, whether it's Seth Rich or Pizzagate or something, that, like, the feeling that everything you need to know is going to be very available on the web. <laughs> and so it's like, you know, like, oh, these guys are running a pedophile network, but they're going to definitely post about it all, but they're going to post clues. Right. You know? Yeah. Right. That's what... That's what- how do you think uh, – what was his name? Friggin' Chris Hansen. How do you think they found these guys? They would look online for people who were talking about pizza and they matched up the order the, – the delivery addresses of everyone who ever got a pizza delivered to their home from Comet Pizza. Yeah. And yeah, that's, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's how they caught a predator. Now, let's <laughs> – you previously came on this show to give what I think is probably one of the earliest uh, QAnon rundowns in podcast format. And I think it was so early on in the show, and QAnon is such, I would say, even more of a force now. Somehow, it's to me this one conspiracy theory that every time I think it hits, it's hit peak. Oh boy, they find something something new to... to to make Q a big deal again. So let's, let's do another quick rundown with, with the new news we have since we last spoke of this really, I, I don't even know, QAnon, I don't even know how to describe it. Uh, f- fantasy that these guys have? I, really, I mean, it couldn't be clearer, any, any clearer to me that this QAnon guy or multiple people who are behind QAnon or girl... Uh, who's behind QAnon, uh, is, in fact, this might be surprising to people who listen to this show, not a Trump insider or Donald Trump himself. Yeah, it, it, it's, it, it, it's almost like an alternate reality. So, so yeah, so the, the kind of the quick rundown is that uh, in late October, someone started posting uh, to, the, uh, to 4chan, to the kind of the pro-Trump section of 4chan, and saying, well, we're... Um, you know, like these very cryptic clues, this anonymous person, and they would say things like Kuma Abedin, uh, Muslim Brotherhood, Operation Mockingbird, uh, you know, uh, like look to Guantanamo Bay. And, you know, what does this mean? 
So these people on the right and these Trump supporters became convinced that this person, who again, we have no idea who it is, was like either a Trump insider or maybe Trump himself giving clues about this kind of like overarching narrative that involves like this, it, it's kind of like a mega pizza game. So it's like there's this cabal and they're responsible for like all the bad in the world. And it's like a bunch of intelligence agencies and like Hollywood elites and the Clintons and the Democrats. And like they do all this bad stuff and they're like pedophiles and blah, blah, blah. And so then the idea is that the military convinced Trump to run for president to like bring down the cabal. And so all this stuff that like that looks bad for Trump is actually awesome for Trump and, you know, all, all this stuff. So but as you said, I, when we talked about it, I thought did not expect uh, us to land with QAnon where we are, where people are wearing QAnon shirts to Trump rallies and an armed man shut down a bridge by the Hoover Dam, uh, you know, to support QAnon and, and, and all this stuff. You're, you're going to have to go a little bit more into an armed guy shutting down a bridge for QAnon. Yeah, so uh, at some point in June, th there's this bridge uh, by the Hoover Dam, and this guy from Arizona allegedly uh, drove like an armored truck uh, through the uh, Inspector General report, and which QAnon people had been sort of taught by Q to get very excited about. And they were like, this is going to be it. Like, this is when all the Democrats— I'm sorry, you broke up just a little bit. This was all over—Q like, was talking about oh, the inspector—what were they used to talking yeah, about? Yeah, the, the, the Justice Department uh, Inspector General report on the Hillary Clinton investigation. Ah, right. And so Q had been kind of feeding his audience this idea that, like, this was—because they're all waiting for this big moment, right, when all the Democrats get arrested. And so Q was like, just I am also waiting for well, that big moment. <laughs> and so he's saying, you know, just stay tuned. And then, you know, it came out and nothing happened. And these people go, oh, crap. And then Q goes, well, wait, there's another one and it's good. Okay, <laughs> so just wait for it. And so this guy in Arizona takes an armored truck and just kind of shuts down this highway and he's holding up these signs that are saying, like, release the real IG report. And he's got some guns. And fortunately, nothing happened. I mean, he was basically chased and police grabbed him. Uh, but, you know, it's it, it's kind of the craziest uh, thing we've seen uh, come out of this. And, you know, there's celebrities on board. There's Roseanne Barr and Kurt Schilling uh, are confirmed QAnon heads. So, I mean, it's growing. If if you were to tell me, like, late last – whatever, whenever it was last year that I heard the Roseanne – uh, TV show, which as a young kid watching that show growing up, it always held a very special place in my heart. You know, I would watch that show and I'd be like, wow, these, this is like, you know, the closest I've ever seen to my insane family on TV. Mm -hmm. And when I heard it was coming back, I had known Roseanne was, was a little bit, you know, gotten off her rocker, but she had been at the time for the most part. Going back and forth between, you know, left-wing conspiracy. If you recall, she was a Green Party candidate at one time. And she would, was then going off into right-wing conspiracy. So it was just like, Roseanne's just crazy. Whatever. But then it became clear that she was full-on bored with Trump. And a full-blown right-winger. And if you were to tell me, last year when I found out the Roseanne show was coming back, that she would lose the show uh, for... You know, for being a racist, but I'm sure the fact that she was spreading a crazy right-wing conspiracy theory about pedophilia rings all across the world, uh, I probably wouldn't be able to guess that. Like, if I had to put money down on it, probably yeah, wouldn't. Yeah, you know, this 
kind of the world's just getting getting crazier. Uh, you know, and, and really her, her tweet about Valerie Jarrett, uh, which is eventually what got her fired, I would not be surprised to learn that that is somehow kind of conspiracy theory related because all those people hate Valerie Jarrett because, you know, she's seen as this kind of puppet master character. Right. No, I mean, it's all in some in some way or another. I mean, think about this whole I, the whole uh, the the whole character of Hillary Clinton, the murderer. Mm-hmm. I mean, people legitimately believe that she has offed people. Like she has a list, not just that she's very powerful and she in in within the Democratic Party and because of all of her connections, she's sort of like a kingmaker and can say, you know, who can you know who the party and various groups that support the party. Uh, should endorse and who they should back and who they should support. You know, the real stuff that you can criticize her about, It's that's not enough. They have to say that it's, she doesn't just make who the future of the party is. She murders people to, to make it happen. Um, you know, that goes all the way back to, you know, probably even further back than him, but I can I always think Vince Foster. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, a, a lot of the stuff we're dealing with now is kind of the, the outgrowth of, like, decades of these these conspiracy theories on the right. And and what is, what is this? I, I read this one about the, um, I, I actually had missed, maybe vaguely remember, but had missed reading the whole story about the guy with a gun on the bridge. But um, the guy showing up in the QAnon shirt at the Trump yeah. rally. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but... Wasn't the claim going around was that Donald Trump approached this man and gave him a wink and a nod or something like that? Yeah. So, so the big thing now is they want Trump to confirm the Q is real, and so which you know might you know if you believe this and the idea is it's supposed to be secret, like why would he do that? But you know whatever. So uh, yeah. So this guy at a QAnon rally, or excuse me, at, at a Trump rally, got a listen. Uh, it would not surprise me at this point if basically the same thing. It is really every time he has a rally. There are at least a dozen people in these shirts. And so, you know, there was one, it was a whole family. Anyways, this guy gets a VIP access thing. So he's seated kind of like really close to Trump. And Trump's coming out to the crowd and he goes, it, it's kind of unclear, you know, he, whether he's gaming at this guy or whoever, but he's going like, hey, what's up? And people saw that as like, oh my God, like Trump is acknowledging QAnon. The other thing they really want as an acknowledgement is they want a White House reporter to ask about QAnon. And so I would also actually well, like no, a White House reporter to ask about QAnon. <laughs> I mean, really, like, you know, it's relatively easy to get a, like a day pass to the White House. So like, why? Well, you know, one, one of these guys should go do it. But um, so all these White House reporters now have been deluged with requests to ask about QAnon. And they've had to come out and say, I will not ask about QAnon. Man, you know, it would actually be. I can't believe I'm going to say that the QAnon guys are right about something. But it would actually, I think, be a really interesting story if someone asked Trump about QAnon. Because, oh, yeah. Because, listen, when you and me were talking about this back in February, obviously the whole thing sounded insane. But to me, the most insane thing was Trump even knowing about this. Now, obviously, they think he knows about it because he's a part of it. That's not what I'm saying. But without a doubt, I believe that Trump knows about this shit now. Whether someone in his crazy, uh, you know, cavalry over there... Uh, we know these guys, some of them at least, go on Reddit, go on 4chan. We know these guys who go on those things are some of the people who have a ear, who have Donald Trump's ear. Without a doubt, they've told him about this. Even if it's just to, like stroke his ego where it's like, yeah, these guys all think you're really smart, Mr. Trump. 
Well, I mean, we know he's talked to Roseanne Barr on the phone. Yeah, and she's into QAnon, right? So, you know, if she's so into it, like, why wouldn't she bring it up? Uh, you know, we know in, uh, you know, he's been at events and people have been yelling, like, you know, Q, Q, Q at him. And, like, I mean, if he wasn't up on QAnon, like, you think, what's happened in my brain? Why are all these people yelling Q, you know? So uh, I, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think, we, like, hard as it is to believe, uh, and I wouldn't have said this the first time we talked about it, but I really think it's only going to keep growing. And, uh, you know, we've seen Sean Hannity retweet the QAnon hashtag. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of people kind of, like, drawing on these, like, made-up Q quotes, uh, even if they're not explicitly saying it. So uh, I think it's it's only going to keep getting bigger. Now, one of the things that I, I – we and I, and I mentioned this to you um, when we last talked about it was I had looked at one of those uh, – one of the major like QAnon uh, – uh, the proof from the QAnon believers that QAnon is somehow related to Trump. And it was that story where uh, Trump was flying to Japan and – or was in Japan and Q tweeted – like a, a two asterisks or something like that in his in one of his uh, communiques, and Trump later tweeted out something with like two asterisks, and they looked at it as proof that Q knew Trump would tweet that, and then I looked into this and and discovered along with a few other people who were discovering this that if you look at the actual, because Twitter shows you your time code based on where you tell them you live. If you look at when it actually was sent out, the Trump tweet came first. So yeah, that, that's a big thing with QAnon is like with like kind of playing around with timestamps. And then, you know, you can say, well, you know, look at this or there's a lot of like predicting. It's very easy to predict sometimes <laughs> what Trump will tweet. So it's like, OK, it's small business Saturday and then on Saturday and then QAnon will say Trump will tweet Saturday on Saturday. And guess what? He does it. Right. I mean, it, it, it's pretty predictable stuff. There was there was some stuff where it was like Trump's going to say this phrase in a speech. Well, he didn't say it in that speech. The three months later, he said it, right. and then they're like, you know, we got. It. Yeah, it's like you can't like Trump is going to wake up and have breakfast. Yeah, you, you know, he's going to do that. So I mean, just saying he is, it's a pretty it's a pretty safe guess, you know? Like, yeah, I mean, it, it, these people like really believe this. I mean, once you start talking about QAnon, then they start saying, you know. Here's a list of 100 things you need to disprove, and it's like, no thanks. Now, now short, shortly after we spoke, I was talking with uh, Sam Cedar on the Majority Report about QAnon, and one of the things that he, he mentioned that was really interesting, to, we were discussing that, you know, really stuck with me after that, which right then actually was like, that was like, what, maybe like maybe a full month after we spoke, and that's when I thought, you know what, QAnon is probably going to have legs for, for a while longer at the very least, is that... QAnon is sort of like a a breeding ground for every conspiracy that before QAnon lived in a bubble on its own. Mm-hmm. So that when like the the fire in that one conspiracy died out and that conspiracy was then dead and buried and just something that lived on in the archives of the archives of uh I don't know Snopes and Right Wing Watch, you know, now is something that will have legs cuz it's excuse me, will have legs because it's all part of the broader QAnon conspiracy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, 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 there's all this, all these kind of random conspiracies and then you fold them all up and you say, well, you know, it was the, the deep state or it was the cabal that was behind it all. So like the big thing QAnon people have been into now is that JFK Jr. was murdered by the cabal. And so, and maybe he's Q. So like, you know, it's all these things that would be very like minor conspiracy theories, but you can add them all up and then become this kind of overarching narrative. 
I mean, why end there? I mean, Rafael Cruz has got to be part of the cabal too, right? Uh, well, no, exactly. I mean, ex- exactly, yeah. So, so I now like that Ted Cruz is part of QAnon somehow. It's it's <laughs> fantastic to me. So let's let's I, I, again another thing I hate to move on from, but you have a little bit more time to talk about it. Just a, you know one or two more of these. Yeah, absolutely. Let's talk about and this is sort of I don't want to say died down, but I think uh, they've run out of people pretending to formerly be Democrats, and that's the hashtag walkaway movement. Yes, yes. This was the the creation of uh, Brandon Straka, a New York hairdresser, and uh, he was sort of made a big deal that he was he, he had once been a liberal. Uh, you know, uh, he, he mentioned that he was gay, and so he felt as a gay person he had to be a liberal. Anyways, he got kind of like he kind of fell into this whole like, oh, I hate these SJWs kind of thing, and he he became a Republican, and so he was pushing this hashtag, this walk away hashtag, as like walk away from the Democratic Party, and of course this is like the kind of thing that is like prime to be seized on by like Fox News and all that. So so this got very big for a couple of weeks. So so basically this whole walk away movement is just this guy who thought he'd be a Democrat because he was gay, uh believes there are other people out there like him who have literally no ideology, no strong beliefs in any sort of policy, just is literally uh a a part of a political party, I don't know based on I don't know, where the wind is blowing that day. I, I, and he thinks there, there's some sort of movement based on, on, on this. And he's well, trying to... I, I mean, what's odd about it is there's really no like statistical evidence that there's some, like people are fleeing the Democratic Party. And, you know, there's a kind of a classic conversion trope that you see is like, I was a Democrat, but then like another Democrat was rude to me once. Right. And I was like, I'm out of here. Right. And, and it's, it, I mean, that always tells you so much about uh the type of people who are conservatives i mean every single leftist every single i i could be shunned by the entire left wing community i'm not going to become a conservative because my my i'm 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 a leftist because of what i believe the policy that i advocate for the ideology i subscribe to uh these guys basically uh, it's like, I don't know, like uh, sc- schoolyard politics. Basically, well, I mean, certainly I do think the Republican Party, like in the Trump era and, and uh, under the Obama administration, kind of became very like unmoored from any like particular like ideology and, and is much more like um, kind of like resentment based and very like let's trigger the libs. Now, how much do you think, because I've, I've noticed this, there's, and, and I disagree with, uh, you know, leftists who do this and i think most smart leftists did not do this because it's actually like a bad strategy but i I think as uh myself and uh michael brooks over at the michael brooks show call them the loony left had a lot more success of the conspiratorial left who is actually a very small uh subset of the left when you compare i don't know how many right wingers are in the conspiratorial right um they actually had a pretty successful, back in 2016, Dem Exit campaign. Now, how successful it was in terms of actually making a difference, I don't know. But there was you know, uh, a sizable, if you were tracking it online, movement of different people who were claiming they were leaving the Democratic Party, not to become conservatives, but people who were leaving the Democratic Party 
to either become uh, official members of the Green Party or just to basically show the Democrats that they're not happy with what, what the party has become. Uh, it wasn't like we suddenly became conservatives, whatever. It was just that sort of movement. How, you know, I, I think, and, and uh, I'm not sure if you'll agree with me, you know, right-wingers see successful things like that or successful to some degree things like that, and they try to bite off of it. I mean, I, I, I think they're just generally like very interested in obviously promoting anything that suggests, you know, the Democratic Party is in turmoil or something like that. You know, I mean, the, uh, you know, we saw a lot of, um, you know, the, it, any, any sort of story about someone who you would think would normally be in a, in a Democratic group, uh, you know, in which people, if someone in that group is walking away from walking away from the, uh, the Democratic Party, then, then that gets kind of some outsized attention. Right. It's still fu- funny to me that this guy <laughs> really did think this was going to take off. And if you look, most of these people who like post Facebook Lives claiming they're, they're no longer Democrats or tweeting that they're no longer Democrats, I mean, if you look through their account, either A, they literally started the account to specifically leave, the, leave quote-unquote, the Democratic Party, or uh, they were clearly never part of the Democratic Party. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, again, I'm not sure how much time you have. Uh, I, I should probably scoot relatively soon. Okay, so this one's a quick one. Want to talk to you about this? This will be the last one we talk about, Let's and it's it. it's a fun one. Um, the feud between Laura Loomer and Jack Posey. I could never yeah. say his last name. The one guy I can't say whose last name I can't say. That's him. Yeah, Pasovia. So, you know, that's close enough. I, I, I don't quite know. Um, so, yeah, so here we have two kind of uh, very similar and former comrades in arms on the kind of like Internet conservative personality front. Uh, they they shut down a performance of Julius Caesar in which a Trump lookalike was stabbed. You know, they, they were very like uh, allied and kind of provocateurism. Better days when they were both friends, right? I mean, Yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> you know, they both got tossed out together. Um, but you know, the kind of your fortunes wax and wane and it's a very kind of like, you got to constantly be thinking of your next thing. And so for a while, Laura Loomer has been on this thing about, it's gotten less attention than a lot of other, uh, conspiracy theories around mass shootings, but there's like a massive world of conspiracies about the Las Vegas shooting. And so basically she's been kind of on this thing for a while. And then Jack, there's this like really unverified report floating around from like a bunch of like citizen sleuths that alleges that this one specific guy with really like some incredibly thin evidence and they named the guy and they like published his social security number. It's insane. Uh, was like the other shooter or was like somehow involved in it. And so basically Laura has been hinting at this for a while. And then Jack, who's now at one American news, which is kind of like a like very cheap Fox news rival. Uh, he basically, he wrote about the report. Laura got upset about it uh, and sort of went on a tear and so then, you know, she got a, a disinvited to this, like, high tea for Trump thing that he was going to be at. It's a whole, like, you know, it, there's a lot of kind of, like, weird stuff involved. But, um, but yeah, I mean, it, part of it, I think what attracts me to covering the right is, the, uh, is the, the feuds and, like, the factionalism and people are constantly kind of pushing new, new things. Laura Loomer should have copyrighted her, her breaking scoop because that's how it works, right? You could just lay claim <laughs> to a scoop and no one else can talk about it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, it's, uh, you know, previously Laura has been, you know, she'd been banned from Uber and Lyft for her uh, tweeted attacks on Muslim uh, rideshare drivers. And, uh, you know, so she, she's kind of seen some ups and downs. My, my favorite uh, thing that I ever discovered about Laura Loomer was when she was 
uh, claiming that the wife of uh, it, was, it was after some it was after a, like one of the two like terrorist attacks in in the country in recent years that actually was a case of like an ISIS uh, influenced terrorist and she was claiming that the wife of the guy had to have known that and been in on it because she found a picture of her uh, recently visiting uh, Qatar and I found a photo of uh, Laura Loomer recently visiting Qatar <laughs> and pointed out that this must also mean that Laura Loomer is a terrorist. Because, yeah, I mean, it, it, as I mentioned, these guys work on very thin evidence. You just got to draw the lines together and you could just, you know, I'm telling you guys, Laura Loomer knew about 9-11. She was in on all of this stuff. And don't let Jack Posia, but whatever his last name is, get away yeah. with it too. He's out there. He probably knew about what gerbils was going to do to the Jewish people. And <laughs> you remember that? <laughs> Famously, yeah, that's what what he yelled at the Julius Caesar. Thing. Yeah, right. All right, Will. Uh, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Uh, I'm sure uh, there'll be plenty more right wing conspiracy to talk about the next time we have you on, which hopefully will be sooner than whatever amount of time was between the February uh, uh, appearance and the July appearance. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, love to be on the show. So thanks for having me. At Will Summer on Twitter. Follow his stuff on the Daily Beast. The Right Richter newsletter is coming back. It is a must subscribe. Have a good night, Will. Thanks. Thanks for having me. All right, folks. Just going to close the Skype call here and going to come back up on here. There I am. All right, let's go to some comments. Just got a few minutes tonight. I'm really uh, been really lucky that this cough drop has, for the most part, worked. I have not been choking and coughing like I've been for the majority of the past. <coughs> I spoke too soon. Jeez, uh, must be coming on three weeks now. I have this cough that I just can't get rid of. I've taken cough medicine, but not the really powerful stuff because the really powerful stuff makes you feel drowsy and. Uh, my days recently have been uh, working at Mashable. As uh, some of you have realized, I started working at Mashable uh, the past month, reporting on, uh, you know, I, I see that there is an, especially nowadays, the, the tech world and the uh, is really influencing what's going on in our politics and our daily lives as well. So I, I felt, and I've always been interested in tech, as many of you know. Um but at night, also as lots of you listen to the podcast know, uh, I've been working on, uh, you know, different stuff such as the uh, Cynthia Nixon for governor campaign. Uh, so can't get drowsy. There's no time. When I sleep, the time to sleep is when I lay down and my head's on the pillow and I'm officially done with work. Can't be sitting at the computer with my eyes closing. Can't have it. All right, let's go to the... Oh, wait. Patreon.com slash Matt Binder. We are literally... I, I really just... Five... I think five patrons away from the halfway point of the original goal. And as promised, once I hit that, I will start doing a members-only uh, show. You know, it'll probably be something like... Something big will happen in the news or something, uh, uh, you know, on Twitter. A, a take going on. Some sort of drama. Some sort of... Uh, right-wing conspiracy that breaks that I cover. And instead of waiting to have a guest on to talk about the issue, 
Or sometimes, like I said earlier, sometimes stuff that happened earlier in the week gets missed on this show because, you know, something else will happen and I want to get a guest on for that. This will make sure that members get at least one show, one extra show, talking about that stuff as it happens, when it happens, that probably this podcast would have completely missed because of the time issue. Um, let's see. Uh, I was going to go back to the uh, earlier comments, but let me start with uh, Jameson here. Um, what do you think of objections to the DSA endorsing Cynthia as far as splitting resources that are going to Julia Salazar? Did they do the vote yet on whether or not they should vote for Cynthia? Um, I know that was a recent source of much drama on Twitter. Whether or not the DSA should endorse Cynthia Nixon. Now, here are my feelings on it. I've read the criticisms... I've seen uh, Jamie, uh, Jamie from the Majority Ports. I've seen her uh, feelings on it as well. I saw her back and forth on Twitter with Michael Brooks. I'm assuming there was more to it that happened on the show based on their Twitter interaction on the Majority Port show, which I, I, I try to listen to as much as I can still. I still am very much a part of that world in terms of following what's going on but as when it comes to the day-to-day show stuff there's a lot of stuff i miss um this is my feelings on it the best critique i saw was whether the dsa should be waiting in and this is coming from me matt binder the individual uh the best critique i saw was whether the dsa should be weighing in on these larger races in general not just uh, whether they should endorse Cynthia Nixon, which, by the way, they 100% should do. Regardless of my uh, my work for the campaign, my wants to for her to be uh, elected and defeat Governor Cuomo in the primary, she should, Matt Binder, the, the guy you know from Majority Report, uh, the guy you know from Cafe, the guy you now know from Mashable, the guy who... Uh, is the individual you follow on Twitter who did all those fun conspiracy, uh, public shaming, call-out stuff. That guy thinks the DSA should endorse Cynthia Nixon. And the only good critique I really saw was, should they be weighing, Should the DSA be weighing on some of these larger critiques? Uh, should, they, should these larger races? And to that I say, then the DSA shouldn't have even floated the idea of endorsing her. They shouldn't have invited her to talk to them. They shouldn't have really uh, put themselves in this corner. Because this is what happens now. If the DSA decides to endorse, great, good. We could all just say, uh, none of this drama happened at all. Let's get swept under the rug. But if they don't endorse, which they totally could do, then... Everyone looks bad because it no longer the story is no longer DSA decides to not weigh in on the gubernatorial race because they don't think that's what the organization uh, should be uh, you know the organization shouldn't be weighing in on those types of races. It becomes a rejection of Cynthia Nixon, and it becomes a issue that the DSA had some sort of infighting that 
they couldn't agree on whether or not to do this. And in the end, they chose not to do this. And whatever happens, happens partially maybe because the DSA chose not to endorse. I mean, it, it's, it's, I don't, I mean, obviously, listen, I am not a member of the DSA. The idea that people who aren't part of the DSA, who are leftists and democratic socialists, shouldn't voice their opinion on this is crazy. And it's exactly that same conversation, that same ridiculous uh, 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 talking point, people who uh, say Bernie's not a Democrat, uh, uh, weaponize. Obviously, we shouldn't get a vote because we're not part of the organization. That, obviously, I get. I mean, it's not an official party. It's an organization. Fine. But to say leftists can't have an opinion on whether this organization who, like it or not, really has become the de facto representation of democratic socialism in the mainstream now. I mean, Bernie Sanders is the reason for the rise of the democratic socialists of America. Bernie Sanders is not a member of the DSA. It's, it's a conversation that I totally get if they never got involved and their reasoning for never getting involved was we should focus on these smaller local races that uh, we can be a really big help in, in, and, and really affect the outcome. That I understand. But it's too late for that now. You guys are, have, have waited in officially. You need to make the decision with that in mind. And what the message is going to be now that you've uh, weighed in on the topic. Um, uh, also, uh, in terms of what Jameson actually said regarding uh, Julia Salazar, uh, if you endorse these state senators, you're going to be knocking on the doors, which obviously the resources should be going mainly to these smaller races because that's where the DSA could help. Uh, again, uh, you know, the Cynthia Nixon campaign being a statewide race uh, is probably not going to be dependent on the DSA resources. It really is just the support of saying the DSA has endorsed her. But, you're going to be knocking on the doors, working on getting out the vote for these smaller races, who are very important races, I might add. Uh, races that will, without a doubt, these are state senate races. Uh, a lot of these races will be against members of the IDC who vote with the Republicans, who put the Republicans in power in the state senate. So this is a ve these are very important races. But you're already going to be knocking on these doors. You could say... Vote for Julia Salazar for, for, for uh, state senator and also vote for Cynthia Nixon for governor. You're taking away no resources for Julia. Who, by the way, the resources, I believe, should go to someone like Julia. It's, 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 it's like a, it's, it's, no, one is, it, it, no one's arguing. The argument isn't shouldn't be our resources are taken away. There's no, there's no requirement. There's no need that that happens. No one's asking for that to happen. And in addition to that, 
Julia and all the other state senators that uh, you guys are backing uh, win. Hopefully. I want them all to win. I will do what I can to make them win. They go to Albany. Uh, They're going to have to work with Andrew Cuomo. Or they're going to work with Cynthia Nixon. Who's going to enact what the state senators, you guys, got into office? Who is going to empower which gubernatorial candidate is going to empower those people? I mean, it's... I don't understand. Again, you guys, it's your vote, but you should be open to these sorts of outside critiques. And again, I've said why I'm not a... I completely support the DSA. Uh, and really, the only reason I'm not a member is because of the reason of I'm really not into these sorts of uh, groups because I think the sort of... Uh, the uh, being Me being a member of these sorts of groups because I don't really want to uh, have to worry about this sort of this sort of uh, you know I think I, I can be more of a help from the outside in terms of that but this could change again I really do support the DSA for like 99.9% of the stuff they do this probably being this this sort of thing being the other 0.1% so uh, for all you know I could come back next week with my DSA membership card and my uh, uh, dues paid but that's my opinion on this one. Uh, let's go to the comments again. Um, oh. Uh, hey, Matt. Did you get our message about this? Yes, I did see that. I did not get it. I just saw it like this this morning or something. Uh, listen. Uh, Jameson. And... Um, Jeez. Uh, who is... Listen, in the comment section, you go by this crazy username. On Twitter, you go by something else. But Jameson and friend has set up an official doomed Discord. I am going to connect the Discord to this Patreon. <coughs> Excuse me. And everyone who is a patron of this show Kyle, thank you, Jameson. The other guy who actually I think has been more influential than Jameson in setting up the doomed Discord, if I'm correct. Kyle has set up a Discord. And I will connect it to the Patreon. And everyone who's a patron will be able to uh, interact on this Discord. And I will be in there to interact all the time, too. No bougie Q&A, scheduled Q&A like they do over at the Michael Brooks show. Where you guys wait in anticipation for a scheduled opportunity to talk with the one and only Michael Brooks. You will have unfettered access to a plebe, a peon like me. And we'll have fun discussing stuff. You should like post any sort of... uh, funny right-wing conspiracy you see on Twitter. You should post any sort of uh, conservative self-own as they come in. You should uh, post any uh, dumb, centrist, dem-hot take. And uh, we will, and I think it'll especially be fun to do when we hit that P1 
Patreon half goal and I start doing the members only uh, broadcast because I think that will be uh, very much run in tandem with the Discord. Okay. I'm going to some of the other comments real quick. <laughs> oh, by the way, you can subscribe to the show on iTunes. We are, it's like the show of fives here. We're like five away from the halfway goal of the Patreon that officially kicks off the member stuff. And we are five away from 100 iTunes reviews. Please leave an iTunes review if you haven't already. Um, I would really prefer you leave five stars, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say you have to do that because you should really give this show whatever you think it deserves, which should be five stars. But again, I'm not going to pressure you. Whatever you think five stars, this show deserves, you should give. And also a written review. When you leave that five-star review, again, it could be any star review, five-star review, you should also write a written review to the show. Going through the comments section really quick. We got some uh, people having fun following. Oh, Kyle was uh, saying that uh, uh, DNC assassin Sam Cedar is allowed to run free. Sam Cedar killed Seth Rich. Q is just a cover for Sam Cedar. It's it's all probably true. But we're going to have to let Mueller, Mueller, I think I called him Mueller earlier. Mueller, 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 Mueller's, uh, we're going to have to let Mueller's investigation run. We don't want to poke any holes in it. So the 12 Russians are 100% responsible. Sam Cedar was not. Even though you and me know differently, Kyle. Sam Cedar was not. We got to take down Trump, folks. If you've been paying attention to Twitter today, uh, starting last night, I've been having the most ridiculous time. I've been ignoring most of it because I got better things to do than go back and forth with uh, hashtag still with her centers Dems who are, it's got to be purposely misreading my tweet. Uh, basically, Bernie was doing his CEO versus the workers town hall yesterday. And it was bombarded by donut-centrist Twitter, basically saying what he was doing, giving a platform to Amazon workers and Walmart workers and all sorts of workers who uh, are employed by billionaire corporations who pay these uh, very uh, workers uh, low wages, uh, with little, uh, with not so great to no, none at all benefits, uh, this event, giving those people a platform, was a distraction from Russia. I'm going out of uh, focus here in the camera. Was a distraction to Russia from Russia. And I hit back saying that to call that a distraction is ridiculous. And specifically, they were calling income inequality a distraction. Because the Russia stuff isn't going to be what takes down Trump. The impeachment, the impeachment fantasy is just that. It's a dream. The odds of it happening really are slim to none. 
if I will be, I will. I, is it a possibility that Trump, uh, the evidence will come out directly tying Trump to this collusion stuff? Yes, there's a chance. I'm not. He clearly, he clearly, his campaign clearly colluded with Russia. I am 100% in the belief that Donald Trump Jr. himself, Jr., was directly involved with it. The question to me remains, how far up does it go? Trump obviously would have passively known about it and been fine with it. I'm just saying, at the very least, I'm just saying, I don't know if they'll ever find anything connecting Donald Trump himself to it. And they need to connect that hard evidence for the impeachment dream to ever become a reality. And I basically said that everyday people who do not live in this political media bubble care more about income inequality, care more about their wages, how much they make at work, care more about if they could put food on the table for their family, care more about whether they could pay their rent than whether Donald Trump is best buds with Putin and the two of them worked together to make sure he became the president. I'm not saying they don't care about it at all. I'm not saying it's not an issue. I'm not saying you can't talk about two things at once. I'm not saying that it doesn't mean anything. I clearly think there is something going on there. I clearly think it is important. Obviously, it is important. I'm just saying that A, income inequality and an event for it by Bernie Sanders is anything but a distraction. If anything, it is the way to win. And that those people are idiots. <laughs> and those people are specifically those who called it a distraction. I got people coming at me now saying that I, I, I'm providing cover for Trump, that I don't think there was any collusion regardless of what all the evidence, and again, this is all alleged so far, but even then, I will say that it's clear, it's clear as day, even if half the evidence ends up, ends up coming out uh, to, to being, uh, to, to being uh, uh, beyond a reasonable doubt, uh, to be able to be you know, proven beyond a reasonable doubt uh, to connect any of these guys to it. Uh, you know, it, it's clear as day it's there. But still, and poll after poll shows that the economy, jobs, Wages, issues like that are what people care about. And these centrist Dems who just want to focus on Trump Russia, these are the, just like these are the guys who claim we aren't the left, uh, leftists and socialists aren't the intersectional ones when they are the ones who aren't the intersectional ones because they don't give a shit about the, the class warfare going on in this country against the poor, those in poverty. The lower class, the middle class, the working class, anyone who isn't making, you know, a hundred, two hundred thousand millionaires, billionaires, the one percent, the point one, the point zero zero one percent, all those people, they don't care care about that. They're the ones who aren't intersectional. Just like they're the ones here who can't do two things at once. Jeez. Oh, you should leave. Uh, Jemson says you should leave an iTunes review with a question you'll answer on the show. Artificially incentivize those ratings. 
Yeah, but then people do discover, and I, I it may sound like people still use iTunes to discover shows, but actually, like I've seen the show pop up on like Player.fm and all those other sites because on iTunes, the ratings it receives and the categories it's under, and who's also downloading other shows and whatever other algorithm metrics uh, the iTunes uh, store uses to to rank and categorize this stuff. Uh, those comments, I think, are really helpful, actually. The reviews are really helpful. And that's why I really would like people to uh, leave those reviews. In fact, maybe what I'll do is if you leave an especially good review on iTunes, I will read it on the show and give you a shout-out. How about that? Just make sure your iTunes name is... Actually, I'll just mention your iTunes name. And if you're on the live stream, just point out if it's different from your iTunes review name just point out that it's you and I'll give you a shout out that sounds like fun uh, Jesse Cool says Matt do you like Elon Musk no I do not and I, I think we should do a whole show on him so I'm going to not go any further into me saying he's no better probably even worse than a lot of these tech guys um, he's clearly shown he's, he's, a, he's very, he's a narcissist. It looks like, obviously, um, he, from what I've seen on Twitter, he has all the showings of someone who's got a very big ego, uh, a narcissistic, uh, personality, um, clearly does not care, uh, very good at gaslighting, um, hates the media is a proponent of uh, fake news and has supported a website that classifies legit news sources as fake news specifically to prop up their sex cult. Um, we'll get more into Elon Musk another day. But I promise you we'll do a show on him. We'll get more in-depth on it. Uh, Peter Benson, even if Trump is impeached, what does Donut Twitter actually want to do? What are their policies other than a hashtag still with her? Well, what they want to do is that Trump's impeached and then Pence becomes president, but then Pence is also impeached because he's also uh, indicted under the Russia collusion stuff. And then Orrin Hatch becomes president. And because Orrin Hatch is, for some reason in their view, an upstanding guy, he will resign the presidency and hand it to our rightful president, our Lord and Savior, Hillary Rodham Clinton. <coughs> That's the, uh, at least the Louise Mensch uh, rundown of what, what her belief is, is what will happen when Donald Trump's impeached. Peter Benson, if resolving income inequality isn't something they want to do, then what exactly do they want? Well, they definitely, a lot of them, I'm not going to say all, a good portion of them definitely do not want to resolve income inequality because they'll be affected by it. And when I say they'll be affected by it, uh, by 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 the the, the uh, evening out of income inequality, they're on the other side. That's not going to be uh, uh, coming out with more money if the left gets their way. Um, 
Jameson with what I'll give as the final. Wait, Ali says, wait, wouldn't Paul Ryan? Wouldn't Paul Ryan what? I missed that. Uh-huh. Anyway, Jameson with the final comment of the day, of the show, of the night, of the evening, whatever you want to say. Yo, but was he right about the pedo comment? Listen, I hope that this diver, who Elon Musk, for no reason other than calling this, this diver calling Elon Musk's submarine a waste of time and a PR stunt, Elon Musk called him a pedo over that. I hope this guy, I wish Elon Musk called me a pedo, let's put it that way. Because I would sue that guy for everything that I could get out of that. Because that is, it's, geez, that's like a, it's like a dream come true for a billionaire to do something that puts him right in the crosshairs of a lawsuit from me. I, I, I couldn't tell you how much I would want that to happen. Um, Ali says, "Wouldn't wait? Wouldn't Paul Ryan be pres after Pence?" I rem- I remembered how I think Paul Ryan would also go under. I would. Re- I was really on the up and up. I did a video about this when I was with with Cafe doing my video series about what Louis Men- uh, Louise Mensch believed would happen. What would happen if? Maybe I should upload that uh, that video series I did because it's not on Cafe anymore. Um, and I still have those videos, and I was very proud of those videos. I think they're very good. Uh, yeah, but I was more in on what her her belief of what would happen. But yeah, somehow Hillary Clinton gets handed the the uh, the reins of the country by a very principled Orrin Hatch. Excuse me, uh, James. Uh, who is not Jameson, might I say. James DeMitt. Matt, Chicago-style pizza, good or not? Uh, no, New York-style. Chicago-style, it's not, a, it's, not, it's not pizza. It's something else. If you like it, great, but it's not pizza. Uh, Peter Benson, I guess they just plan to impeach everyone until literally the only person left in the country who's going to be president is Hillary Rodham Clinton because that's how impeachment works, apparently. Yeah, very true. Sarcasm. Uh, hashtag... Uh, whatever it is, it's late. The 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 the, the, the back backslash. That's what it is. Sarcasm. Uh, and that's it. That was our final comments because the final comments should not be from Ali, who just wanted to point out that he just got here. My mistake in confusing me. Um, and then James is out. He says because uh because of my comment on Chicago style pizza. Fine, James. Just to show you how easily I am influenced by the voters. And how I'm a slave to the patrons. Because I'm bought and paid for by the uh, doomed pack. I love Chicago-style pizza. It is fantastic. It's the best pizza there is. Alright, everybody. Patreon.com slash Binder. Just need a few more of you to get that member stuff, that patron-only stuff out there, and then I think that'll really start getting things moving. The Discord will be connected to the Patreon ASAP, probably not tonight, but maybe by the time you're listening to this podcast. Certainly in the coming day or two. And then uh, I'll be on there. We'll have a lot of fun on there. 
Peter Benson says Matt's a part of the deep dish state, and I don't know how else to end the show. That could possibly be better than that. All right, guys. See you next time on Doomed.